Welcome back to Informed and Inflamed, where we seek to inform our minds with truth in order to inflame our hearts with love for God and neighbor. I'm Brad Owens, and I'm excited that you're joining me today for another episode. I'm super excited about this episode because in this episode, we are going to begin a series on the big story of Scripture. The Bible is a big book. Actually, it's a collection of books, so it's more like a little library. The Bible contains 66 books, 39 in the Old Testament and 27 in the New Testament. And each of those books is unique with its own unique themes and emphases, And yet, each book also fits together with all the others to form a bigger, cohesive story, God's big story for the world. And without this bigger story in mind, as we read all the smaller stories contained in Scripture, we can misread specific passages or even entire books of the Bible. In order to read the Bible well and therefore receive the salvation it offers and live in light of it as we should, It is so important that we understand the big story that the Bible is telling and how it all fits together. How do the events of Esther, for example, connect to Jesus? How does Leviticus connect to our lives today as the people of God in the New Testament? These are important questions, and sometimes if we don't carefully think about them, we subconsciously answer them in unhelpful or even worse, significantly misleading ways. One dangerous error that has reared its head numerous times throughout church history is the belief that the God of the Old Testament is somehow different than the God revealed in Jesus in the New Testament. The God of the Old Testament was more prone to expressions of anger and wrath, while the God presented to us in the New Testament is much more gracious and forgiving. You know, this is a big misconception when it comes to reading the Bible. And yet, it's also true there are plenty of passages in both the Old Testament and the New that we can struggle to make sense of. Not everything is perfectly clear. But when we don't have the foundational knowledge of the big story that holds the entire Bible together, we're going to run into trouble as we seek to build bridges from the biblical context that was written and that happened so many years ago and carry that over into our own lives. So my point is simply that how we read the Bible is incredibly important. And reading the Bible well begins with understanding the big story that all the different books of the Bible are telling together. Understanding that big story truly has countless benefits and it protects us from serious danger. Again, the Bible can be an intimidating book and many people don't know where to start in reading it. One of the primary goals of this series is to provide an overall picture of the big story of Scripture. I hope to give you a sense of the flow of God's big story and to provide you with some hooks that the rest of the story hangs on. My hope and prayer is that this will help you orient yourself biblically whenever you come to a new book or passage of the Bible that you're reading or studying. These hooks help us understand that the Bible really is telling one cohesive story about God's original purpose for creation, about how it all went wrong, and about what God has done and is doing to make things right again. Jesus, of course, is at the very center of that big story, 
and his first coming has massive implications for the rest of the story, the remaining chapters in which we live our daily lives. But God is just as much at work today as he has ever been in history, because history is, after all, his story. He has written this master narrative that is the history of the world, and he wants us to live well as we play our part in the unfolding drama of God's work in the world. Most importantly, this means embracing Jesus as our only hope of salvation from what our sins deserve. But God's big story also speaks powerfully into every single dimension and season of our lives as we seek to align our lives with God's agenda for His world. 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17 say this, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And now it tells us why. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. That is the purpose of God's Word, why He gave it to us, so that every good thing He calls us to, that we'll be thoroughly equipped for. And the most important thing we will ever do, which the Word of God relentlessly calls us to do, is to submit our lives to Christ as our sovereign and rightful King, and to receive the free gift of salvation that He offers the world. Anyone who commits to turning away from sin, to trusting in Christ, and to treasuring Him above all else, demonstrates the life-altering power of God's grace. This is nothing that we earn or could ever hope to deserve, but we are brought back into relationship with the God who made us only because of His saving initiative and movement toward us in the grace of Christ. In John 10, verse 10, Jesus says, I have come that the world may have life and have it to the full. Jesus comes. He lives a perfect life as our representative. He dies the sinner's death as our substitute. And He rises from the dead to show the world that His sacrifice in the place of sinners was acceptable and pleasing to God the Father. Only through Christ is God's justice satisfied and His forgiveness extended to us. This message, the gospel of God's grace in Christ, is the very heart of the big story of Scripture. And all the other pieces of the story point to this glorious and blazing center that reveals the affections of God's heart for His world. The Lord will stop at nothing to renovate and to restore His world. And the Bible gives us the framework to understand all that God has done to set things right and also to live well in our chapter of this grand story. So now let's take a look at this acronym that we will slowly walk through in this series. I don't know who will remember that tasty caramel-coated popcorn and peanut snack called Cracker Jack, but Cracker Jack will be our memory device in this series. Each letter stands for a specific word or phrase, and Cracker summarizes the flow of the story contained in the Old Testament, and Jack summarizes what we find in the New Testament. But here's what all the letters stand for. So first, the Old Testament, Cracker. C is creation. R is rebellion. A is Abraham. C is covenant with Moses and Israel. K is kingdom, the kingdom period with Saul, David, and Solomon. E is exile. And R is return, the return from exile. 
So that's the Old Testament, cracker. Now the New Testament, Jack, is J is for Jesus. Four Gospels give us biographies of his life and ministry, death and resurrection. A is all nations. So the end of the Gospel of Matthew, the Great Commission is given that the church go and make disciples of all nations. And then in the book of Acts, we see the, the record of the early church taking that mission and living it out. So A is all nations. C is comprehensive teaching. So that's what we have in the New Testament epistles, letters that we have from Paul and Peter and James. This comprehensive teaching that teaches us how God's lordship and the rule of Jesus speaks into every single area of life. And lastly, K is King Jesus returns. So throughout the rest of the series, we'll tackle one of these in each episode, but I wanted to go ahead and give them all to you so that you can start working on committing them to memory if you want to. My hope is that by the end of this series, you'll have it all locked in your brain and have these hooks in place that the rest of the biblical story hangs on. And lastly, let me just say that I think there's an added benefit to learning the overall big story of God's plan for the world. And that extra benefit is that it helps us in our evangelism and interactions with non-Christians. A lot of the newer resources on that I've read on defending the faith and winsomely engaging our world for Christ are calling us to pay attention to the times in which we are living. Most of the times, a pre-packaged presentation of the gospel isn't going to penetrate people's hearts like it used to because of so many monumental cultural shifts that have been occurring in recent years. Much of the mental furniture that people used to have inside their minds isn't there anymore. Concepts like sin or a transcendent moral lawgiver that we will all be held accountable to. That's God, and we find ideas like those everywhere in the Bible. So, The point is we're going to have to rethink how we engage people with the gospel in our Western post-Christian world. But thankfully, focusing on stories can have tremendous power. We all know this. We all love good, gripping stories that inspire us to be better people, to lay aside our own desires and seek the good of others. We all have these deeply embedded longings in our hearts that the best of stories tap into and resonate with in powerful ways. We love, for example, The Lord of the Rings because of its honesty about the evil in the world, and yet in it we also love to see good overcome evil in the end. We love Harry Potter because we enjoy seeing characters grow and develop into truly heroic and brave people as they face the darkness of the world and the darkness in their own hearts. Our family recently watched Encanto when it came out on Disney+, and we love that story too, the one contained in Encanto. There were so many good and noble things that were communicated in that movie, and yet there was also deep pain and brokenness that was there under the surface. Thankfully, though, the family in the movie overcomes it together and comes out stronger on the other side of it all. You know, these are the kinds of stories that move us, and all good stories are an echo of the greatest story that will ever be told. God's big story of how He is mending His broken world and making everything right again through Christ. As we soak our hearts in this greatest of all stories, we become better communicators of this gospel story because our own hearts have been so deeply and profoundly changed by it. 
So I think the payoff for dwelling on these things is tremendous. And I hope our time together over the next several episodes proves beneficial to you and your growing love for the Lord. May the one true story of what God is doing in the world grip and grace your heart with an ever-deepening affection for your faithful Savior and King, Christ Jesus. Well, that is it for this episode of Informed and Inflamed. Thanks so much for joining me again, and I look forward to connecting with you next time.